Welcome to the Dayspring Community Church Podcast. Check out our website at dayspringonline.org. And now, Dr. Matt Friedemann. So very good to have you here this morning, and thank you uh, for choosing Dayspring. Someone walked in this morning and said, I was uh, in a place recently, and uh, it just felt safe, so I came to Dayspring. Listen, if you want a safe place, getting in the presence of God in the place you want to be, because He will come in your world, He will change your world. If you want something that's going to be like it's always been, Jesus is not that kind of God. He says, stand up, follow me, and I want you to... Deny yourself, take up the cross, and go wherever I go. And uh, sometimes that's like a really nice, tranquil, sweet place. And sometimes it ain't. So uh, remember that thing out of C.S. Lewis uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia where the beavers are asking about uh, this Aslan, who's the Messiah figure in these stories, the Aslan, the Jesus figure. He says, uh, you mean he's not safe? And the beaver said, who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's the king. (laughs) And there you go. The king's here. Do you believe it? Do you feel the presence of the king right now? Hmm. Lord, be here with us. We're teaching on the Holy Spirit. And the reason we teach on the Holy Spirit in these days is because we just like the rhythm of having a regular time where we talk about that spirit. And because we're supposed to be counting the days to Pentecost. And I say supposed to be. It's just that in Leviticus, it says, once you to count the days to Pentecost, and whether we do or don't do that, according to the festivals of the Old Testament, we think it's a fun thing to do at Dayspring. Uh, We celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Easter, but we think that the culmination of those holidays is actually Pentecost Sunday, which comes on day 50, that would be May 28th. Today is the 29th day, so if we can do something silly, I'm going to start with uh, May 1 and just say, May 1 is the 23rd, so May 1 is the 20 and 2. Today, today's the 29th, so we count the day 50. When day 50 gets here, it's Pentecost Sunday, we want you to come, invite your friends, we're going to have uh, bouncy things for the kids out in the back, and we're going to have... Food in here, we're going to have birthday cake, it's a fun day, it's a glorious day, because that's the day when the fire rested on those believers in that room, and they ran out of the room, they preached the gospel, 3,000 came to know the Lord that day, then those 3,000 spread out and took the gospel with them. We think one of the places they went was a place like Rome, where we know Paul never visited, but there's a church there. Who started that church? I don't know, but maybe one of those people on the day of Pentecost says, let's go to Rome and start meeting together. And uh, so there you go. Pretty cool stuff. We're going to be in today, John 14. And this is the upper room discourse where Jesus speaks in two major places in this discourse. Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit. And it's a, it's a beautiful passage. And it's also like most of the things Jesus says, challenging, both challenging to understand and uh, challenging to uh, make way for that spirit into our lives. So John 14, if you please stand in reverence to the word of God, and I'll read for us. 14, we're going to start at verse 16. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because It does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and he will be in you. 
I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. And after a little while, the world no longer is going to see me, but you are going to see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you'll know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. That's a lot of ends right there, isn't it? The one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will reveal myself to him. Now, Judas, not Iscariot, the other Judas in the, in the apostolic band said to him, Lord, what has happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will follow my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Wow, that's powerful. The one who does not love me does not follow my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's. He's the one that sent me. These things I've spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Peace. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled nor fearful. Spirit of Jesus, help us this morning to understand this and the implications of this for our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So, as you know, we think one of the greatest teaching tools we have here at Dayspring is something we call Hidden in the Heart Catechism. It's 125 plus questions, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. Uh, we would like for all Carpe Diem people to have it by the time they leave, but frankly, you can memorize it a whole lot earlier than that in life, and uh, many of us have. Uh, we wrote it up years ago because uh, one of our kids didn't know uh, something that was really elemental, and I thought, well, that's not his fault, that's our fault, my fault, and so let's take care of that problem. So we had just these 125 questions answer, question answer. One of the questions is, what does the Holy Spirit do? Wow, that's does a lot. What do you mean, what's he do? Does a lot, but at the end of it, we miss the boat if we don't get this answer. The Holy Spirit makes people holy. All the way back to Leviticus, it says, I am holy, you will be holy. Well, how's that going to happen? Apparently, teaching alone can't make that happen. We need something more than simply good teaching. We need the indwelling Holy Spirit. We need that Spirit to fill us to the very brim. Well, so how is he going to make us holy? As I was looking at this passage, I thought, what's the best way to teach this passage? I just decided, let's do it this way this year. Let's take the roles or the portraits of God we see in this passage. So let's do that. Verse 16, it says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So one of the words here is helper. Now, it depends on your translation of the Bible. I have the N-A-S-B, that is helper there. But in some of your translations, it's going to be advocate. It's going to be comforter. It's going to be counselor, teacher. And here it's helper in my Bible. I like them all. I think all of them give you a little nuance to it. But I like helper, so I'm just resting in that today. Interesting, the word is paraclete. Say the word paraclete with me. And paraclete comes from, as we said last week, two words, para, which is beside, and clete, kaleo, which is to call. 
So someone called beside you to help you. Someone called beside you to be an advocate. Someone called beside you to protect you. All kinds of things, but called beside you. And so I'm thinking paraclete. All kinds of ways that I could illustrate that today, but I saw this and I loved it. Apparently, according to a guy named Gordon Dalby in a, in a, in a book called Healing the Masculine Soul, he said, Greek soldiers went into battle in pairs so that when the enemy attacked, they could draw together back to back, covering each other's backside. So one's battle partner was the paraclete. Hey, y'all, the Lord doesn't send you into the battle alone. He is with you in the battle. He is your paraclete. He is the battle partner that covers your backside, your blind side, and fights for your well-being. Do you believe that about the Holy Spirit today? And that's why he says, listen, I love both things. I'm going to be with you, but eventually I'm going to be in you. And if I can have a choice in the matter, I want him in me. But if I get a double choice in the matter, I say, but can I also have him beside me? I just want him around me all the way. I want him in me, around me. I want him, all of him, because that's the spirit of Jesus. He's going to remind me about Jesus. He's going to protect me like Jesus. He's got my backside. I was running out to my car just a few moments ago, and I thought, what's the best illustration of a paraclete in my life? There's a lot of great illustrations, and some of them are, right, are sitting here right now. I thought the best illustration, well, I married her. Mary's got my backside, y'all. I mean... I think everybody knows she's a great person to have by your side, to guard that side. So when I'm not in a room and I'm being talked about, I know it's only positive Matt being talked about. She is on team Matt. Now, wouldn't you like to have a God that's that? God is on team Matt. Yeah, I love my wife. But given the choice between Mary, well, I don't have to have the choice between. But I... I'll, I say, Team God and Team Mary, I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing to have in life. And Team God, Team Matt, and God is on that team is huge. He says, Matt, we're going to do, I'm not going to say, we we already said today, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be safe all the time. I'm not going to tell you it's always going to be easy. But what I'm going to tell you is, I will be there with you. And ultimately, Nothing bad can happen because ultimately they can't get to me inside of you. There's nothing that's going to happen to you that can be taken away when I dwell powerfully within you. No matter how much you bleed, no matter how much you suffer, no matter how much you die, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my paraclete. Who here wants the Spirit as paraclete? Who here wants Him as helper? Just say to Him, Lord, I want you as helper. Spirit, I want you as helper. So he's our helper. Number two, he's the spirit of truth. Look at verse 17. He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Spirit of truth. <coughs> uh, let's imagine that uh, you don't have as good an auto mechanic as I have because uh, I take my car to Cliff Mason. When I take it there, I know it's going to get taken care of. It's going to be okay. But... I haven't always had Cliff in my life. So let's just say I take it to a guy, and 
I'll just tell you straight up, this has never happened, but let's just say it did happen. Let's just say I take it in, take my car in for a routine check. And I don't know about you all, what kind of cars you drive. I tend, and across my life, go the used car route. Just get something and just pray it through. You're never sure when you get that used car what's going to happen next, do you? It's just, Jesus, help us. Just be with him. And when it starts going down the road and, and lights start going off or the thing starts clunking, Jesus, help us. And that, that, that's happened to me several times where I'm by the side of the road, Jesus, help me. I mean, I bought this car because I thought you wanted me to help me. And he does. Let's just say you take it in for a routine checkup. And the guy says, man, oh, man, this car is in great shape. I don't know the automotive genius that drives this car, but he's brilliant. And I, I chirp up and say, well, I do. I, I mean, for instance, I change the oil every 25,000 miles. <laughs> he says, that's remarkable. You're brilliant. You take great care of this car, and it shows. Later that day, my brakes don't work. Now, I just went through a routine checkup. I find out that I'm out of brake fluid. So I'm a little ticked off. I go in there. I say, listen, did you check my brake fluid? I mean, it was bone dry. I could have died out there. And he says, well, I didn't want you to feel bad. I mean, I was afraid you might get upset. I want this to be a safe place. We feel loved. We feel accepted. I'm thinking, wait a minute, man. I don't care about love and acceptance. I want to know the truth. And the truth is... I was out of brake fluid. You needed to tell me that. My life was at stake. And all kinds of other things that could have been shared in that conversation. I didn't come here for a fantasy-based ego boost. It's my car, and I want the truth. Now, how many of you want the truth? (laughs) Yeah, I know you say yes. I'll go ahead and be honest. Lord, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Honestly, I don't know if I want the truth all the time. And then he says, yeah, you really do want the truth all the time, man. So let's say, a little different scenario. I go into my doctor. <laughs> and the doctor says, whoo, Matt Friedman, you are a magnificent physical specimen, which, of course, isn't that far from the truth. You have the body of an Olympian. You are to be congratulated. And then that afternoon, I'm climbing the stairs, and I have a heart attack. My heart gives out. Go to the doctor, the emergency room, and says, man, your arteries are so clogged, you're one jelly donut away from death. So I can't wait to go back to my doctor. And I said, man, why didn't you tell me? And he says, I knew your body was not worse shape than the Pillsbury Doughboy, man. But listen, if I tell people stuff like that, they're going to get offended. It's bad for business. I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted, and you always come back because everybody knows your name, and we're always glad you came. And I say, no, I want the truth. Listen, I, I, I think I've told you this before, but one day, they did, when I was at the University of Kansas, and I was competing on the track, uh, track field team, um, they were doing a study of uh, potential. Can we figure out what an athlete's potential could be? And so they were, they were taking some guys that had been uh, kind of the upper echelon. I, w- I was one of the guys chosen. And so they did all kinds of tests. They did a muscle body. They actually took some muscle out of my calf. I thought, man, I'm, I work all day long trying to build that muscle up. And you just take it out? 
I saw him, I remember seeing it on a little plate. I'm thinking, wow, that's what my muscle looks like. Got muscle and, and blood and underwater weighing and uh, VO2 testing. They did about 20 tests. And they said, if you would like, we'll share with you the results. Oh, of course I want. I went through all these tests. Why wouldn't I? That VO2 thing about killed me, by the way. Put you on a, you know, uh, the treadmill. Thank you. <laughs> my paraclete right there. <laughs> Put me on it. Spirit of truth right there. Put on a treadmill. Man, about killed me. Come on, just another 30 seconds. I thought another five seconds, I'm going to be dead here. Are you kidding me? Another 30 seconds. So anyway, uh, I said, yeah, I'd like to know the results. So he sits me down. I remember his name is Timothy Thomas, Dr. Thomas. Dr. Thomas has got good news and bad news. Say, so what's the good news? You're still alive. <laughs> That's the good news? What's the bad news? It says, you won't be in your early adulthood if you don't change your diet. At that point, I'm eating uh, 12 plus eggs a day. Uh, I'm drinking a gallon of milk a day, red meat every meal. You know, know, maybe not good, but I I was trying to build my body up to throw the discus. And he says, good news and bad news. I'm thinking, well, there's the truth. And y'all, do you want the truth? or not. The spirit of truth comes into your life, and if you're willing to listen to him, primarily through the word, but also I believe through the word can develop a still small voice that comes to you, especially when you need it, especially when you're doing something wrong, and will show you the truth. And I tell you what about the truth. The other thing about the truth is it can open up huge avenues of service where you can love and be compassionate and that you will be exceedingly helpful in the kingdom of God. I believe in that truth too. But there's a corrective truth, there's an opportunity truth, and all kinds of other truths I imagine beside. whole point is, if you want the truth, it's the Spirit who can give it to you. Then, look at verse uh, 18. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. The Holy Spirit as family. Jesus is going to come to them through the Spirit. Not leave them as orphans. I love this. Read about it yesterday. Paul Knight. He's a pastor from North Dakota. He, he was visiting Ethiopia. And the reason he was visiting Ethiopia is one day he was challenged by Compassion International to, hey, share with us 20 bucks a month and you can sponsor a kid. And he says, man, I've been sponsoring this kid. I'd like to go see the kid. So it's a 10-year-old girl. And uh, they go to Ethiopia, and they want to share gifts with the girl and with her single mom. They live in a one-room house that, you know, for the village, also kind of functions as a local bar. And during his visit, during Paul's visit, the place slowly starts filling with rowdy men in the community. And suddenly... Paul's translator and guide takes him by the arm and says, we've got to go now. And Paul's saying, no, we can't go now. I come all the way from America to see this girl. My eyes are on her right now. I'm about ready to give her gifts. I can't go now. He says, it's not safe for you. You must leave now. He says, what about my little girl? And the translator says, well, this is her home. And Paul gets up and he starts moving towards the street. But he says, is she going to be safe? That's not really safe, but this is her home. Now, Paul's becoming indignant. What does that mean, that it's not really safe? Most likely, everything you think 
it means, says the guide. Paul, fighting back tears. What can she do? What can she do? And the guy says, we teach the girls to do this when they're in trouble or when they think they're about ready to be in trouble. Scream at the top of your lungs and run to the church. Scream at the top of your lungs and run to the Christians. There you will find love. There you'll find safety. There your church will shelter you. When you feel threatened, when you feel vulnerable, scream and run to the church. Y'all, I hope you think that way about Dayspring. But whether you think about Dayspring that way or not, think about the spirit of family that way. When you're in trouble, you may scream, you may not, but run to the spirit. There you will find the spirit of family, the spirit of refuge, the spirit of solace. There you'll find the spirit that loves you more than you even love yourself. The fourth picture and the final one we'll look at is the spirit as a biter. First off, we said he's the helper. Second, the spirit is the spirit of truth. Then he's the spirit of the family, but now he's, a, he's the abider spirit. Verse 17, you will know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Verse 20, in that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Wow. There's enough of us here today that are old enough to remember something that I remember. Because I remember in July of 1969, my, uh, my parents, we, they didn't have evening church a lot of people did. We did not. So my parents and I, I think a good bit of the world, on that Sunday evening, all gathered in our living rooms, had the TV on, and watched Apollo 11 land on the moon. I just need to know how many of you saw it. Yeah, 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 some of us there. Uh, it was incredible. <laughs> it was just incredible. Couldn't hear it very good. It wasn't, you know, what they got today as far as video capacity. But still, you could see the thing land, the dust go up. Then you see this guy bounding down the stairs and plunking down on the moon. And he said, that's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. It was pretty cool. And all you could think about was, I'm going to remember this the rest of my life. And someday when I'm in... Clinton, Mississippi, when I'm age 64, I want to talk about it or something like that. It was pretty cool. Anybody remember the first meal on the moon? It was the same day, not long after that moment. A guy named Buzz Aldrin had brought aboard the spacecraft a tiny little communion kit provided by his church. And... uh Aldrin sent a radio broadcast to Earth, and he asked that the listeners would contemplate the events of that day and give thanks. Then he went to Radio Blackout for a while because he wanted this moment to be private. And what he did was he took that little kit, and he read from his Bible, I am the vine, 
you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. It's so incredibly true. The Holy Spirit is an abiding spirit, a spirit that remains in you. And if you let him, he will not do it without your permission. But if you let him abide in you, fill you to the very brim, you will know fruit. You will have an exceedingly fruitful life. I sometimes wonder, have I produced all that I'm supposed to produce? And sometimes I actually get depressed about my life. And it takes someone like one of my kids or my wife to, you know, proverbially slap me around and say, first off, these are the things, but then you don't know. That's what I think is the coolest thing. If you let him abide in you, you're going to produce fruit you have no idea. That little thing you did that one day, someone noticed, and changed their behavior because that, that changed this behavior, that changed this whole situation. And you had no idea. But because the Spirit remained in you, abided in you, with your permission, oh my goodness, the things that were done in the world. And I believe that kind of thing. That's why I think heaven's going to be pretty hilarious. We're going to see what Jesus did, not even knowing he was doing it, through the power and the abiding presence of his Spirit. He's the helper. He's truth. He's family. He's the abider. He's yours.